Welcome to the CU Strategy Forum podcast, a podcast designed especially for credit union leaders. Our goal is to bring you the latest strategic resources for growing your profitability and membership. Whether your credit union has 10,000 or 10 million members, we think you'll find today's conversation valuable. Welcome to the CU Strategy Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Bresenden. Uh, we have a great conversation today uh, in terms of driving innovation and growth at your credit union through CUSOs, which is a, a interesting topic. We have John Deering with us today from uh, Capstone. John, why don't you give us an introduction? How long have you been working with credit unions and banks? Uh, and tell us a little bit about, about what Capstone does. Yeah, thanks, Paul. Delighted to be here today. Um, let's see. We'll start with Capstone. Uh, been around since 1995, doing primarily one thing, and that is helping organizations to grow proactively through external growth. And that means acquisitions, mergers, CUSOs, partnering up with fintechs, that type of activity. Um, so we've been doing that and developed what we call a roadmap uh, that has three fundamental phases, build the foundations, which is strategy related, then build the relationships, which is more the prospecting side of developing the pipeline and evaluating and prioritizing. And then the third phase is more the, the deal advisory work related to external growth. Um, I've been here since 1996, having fun. Um, first um, credit unit experience was um, 18 years ago, I think is the right number at this point, Paul, maybe 19. Um, so we started working with one of the larger CUSOs out there, PSCU down in um, Tampa area and uh, still working with them today, having fun and helping other CUSOs and credit unions to expand in uh, similar ways. So yeah. It's a long That's... time, 1996. <laughs> it's impressive. I, I, I was still yeah. in high school. Well done. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was too, but uh, you can see from, you know, it's a little gray these days, it. but wasn't that wasn't quite like that in 1996. But yeah, still having fun helping companies grow is the bottom I line. I love it. And organizations in the credit unique community. I think this is a fascinating conversation. Uh, and I'm assuming that our audience knows, I mean, I would assume 99% of our audience knows what a QSO is. But let's just I'll give you the QSO one-on-one prompt. Let's just make sure everybody knows what we're talking about. What is a QSO? Uh, and then why do credit unions typically get involved with one? Sure, sure. Um, happy to do a little level setting here. So QSO stands for Credit Union Service Organization. Um, and a QSO is formed at the time a single credit union or multiple credit union either puts $1 in an equity investment into an organization um, or lends money to that QSO as well, or organization, it becomes a QSO. A lot of um, QSOs out there are what's called wholly owned QSOs, which means one credit union owns 100% of that QSO, and it's essentially a 100% owned subsidiary of that credit union. And there are some good reasons that we'll get into for doing that and number one on the board is it gives you access to new growth options that the credit union couldn't do on their own um, and the other thing that is interesting to know about QSO 101 would be that um, you know you could invest in an organization as a credit union but not own it hundred percent so there's two flavors there uh, maybe more but yeah. two main flavors one would be the um, multi-owned QSO so that's 
you know, two credit unions combined together to um, to help an organization start as a QSO could be 200 credit unions get involved or anywhere along that spectrum. Larger ones out there actually have hundreds and hundreds of credit union owner members, um, member owners that uh, participate in ownership of, of QSOs. Others only have one credit union involved and which takes me to the next flavor, which is what's another trend line going on today is credit unions teaming up with startup organizations, entrepreneurs, fintechs, or whatever you wanna say. And once the credit union uh, provides a dollar to that organization, the capital structure um, changes where the credit union's on the cap table with all the other investors that were there before, uh, the entrepreneur perhaps, but since there's a credit union on the, on the ownership table, it's deemed a QSO. Right. Um, there are two other things worth noting for QSO 101, and that is, you know, you have to primarily serve as a QSO credit union members or other credit unions. So um, there is that uh, particular bogey out there that you must um, keep in mind. Um, and then the other thing is there is a list of qualified services, products, technologies that QSOs can offer as well. Um, and then also credit unions also have a cap. Uh, that they need to keep in mind on how much they can invest in a portfolio or single QSO as well based on their their structure. So those are some tidbits on QSO 101. Got it. Yeah. And and I think a lot of this conversation for us is really interesting because what we're what we're trying to help people understand is that leveraging a QSO can provide a lot more opportunity for innovation and growth at a credit union. So let's dive into the specifics of why not, not just the what, but the why, right? Why would a credit union get involved or invest in a QSO? And so we've laid out four points yeah. that we've talked about, but the first one is shared sure. services. So tell me a little bit about why a credit union would get involved and what shared services means. Um, so shared services is a way to either access additional scale across multiple credit unions within a QSO. So um, four, five, six credit unions in a particular region get together um, and they don't necessarily want to all have staff on their books independently to do a certain function. Um, for example, compliance, right, or, or um, you know, lending as a, as a functional area. So they could share resources within a QSO um, and then utilize those services across all the credit unions that are involved. So that helps with efficiencies, that helps with, um, as you suggest, innovation um, and knowledge and expertise as well, quite frankly. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the basic model for shared services. The other part of shared services that you see out there in the QSO community and the credit union community is, um, you know, some of the small to mid-sized credit unions who may not have the scale and clout with a vendor perhaps, you see as few of them coming together and then aggregating their volumes together to get a better um, price and solution from said vendor. So you know, that's another shared services example. As Makes well. sense. Um, the other one you mentioned was scale and efficiency. So I, I feel like yeah. those two go hand in hand a little bit, right? Like instead of just bringing on an internal resource to do this directly for us, you may only need, you know, 20% of that shared resource, right? So you're able to grow a lot faster in a QSO format. Is that that's that's correct, and then absolutely, Paul. But the next chapter of that on the scale and efficiency would be you can, as a QSO, 
not only serve your owner member credit unions, but you can go out and serve other folks in the community. Mm. You could serve other credit unions. You could serve other FIs. You could serve, um, you know, the medical community or the retirement home community or the, you know, you can serve a lot of different people through a QSO. So as that QSO grows, the benefits that come back to the owner member credit unions are also in, are also there because of the additional scale of the other folks that they're um, they're serving as well. So there's a there's a couple levels to that. Right. One. So on the bottom end, you're just kind of sharing services. On the top end, you're really expanding out the addressable market because it just doesn't have to be your membership base. That's correct. Uh, and assuming you can maintain that 51% majority <laughs> serve, yes, nice. that is correct. Let's see, point three, you had accessing growth you can't get on your own. I know you do a lot in the you know acquisition, formation, sale of QSOs. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I mean, it, there's you can do efficiencies and cost downs and savings as your, your reason for having a QSO, but you could also use growth and as a reason, right? How can I access more members? How can I access new communities? How can I access a new solution or product set for my current members? Mm. How could I um, get the next generation of technology that's coming down the pipe that I wouldn't necessarily have through my own development in-house and my own team and my own product development resources? I can get that through a QSO as well. So there's lots of different flavors of growth um, you can measure it by additional members. You can measure it by additional loan volume. You can measure it a lot of different ways. Um, but one of the ways that I like to talk about it is, you know, QSOs can drive non-interest income. And, you know, there's a lot of reasons in the macro environment that credit unions are beholden to the interest rates, right? The changing and the fluctuations. Um, so some credit unions out there have really focused on QSOs to drive non-interest income because they're good at managing the risks and the gyrations of the interest rate environment for their loans and their deposits, but they really want something more stable that they can count on on a regular basis through other non-interest income um, methods. So some people talk about growth and non-interest income as well. Paul. That's, I mean, it's a very fascinating point, right? For a credit union, I don't know very many people that are talking about that sort of growth structure. And is that just they're investing in a lot of QSOs or they're looking for some sort of acquisition that grows that? How does that typically happen? Are there any examples you have? Sure. Um, so, uh, you know, as an example, you could have an insurance QSO, right? That a credit union owns an insurance agency and they're looking to expand to, um, to other other member bases in new geographies. So we just did a transaction uh, recently with a with um, a credit union in South Carolina where they were expanding into a new market. And one of their entry points was going to be credit union merger, but another entry point was going to be um, acquiring an insurance agency in that new market as well. So as they have these additional branches, whether they stand up the branches or they acquire the branches, doesn't matter. They have new branch outlets and they have new infrastructure and they're looking to complement and replicate what they've done in other places where they have bricks and mortar through other products. 
So they utilized our services to find a privately held insurance agency and acquired it. And now they acquired a, a new team there that can service their members. They can access the folks that that agency was already selling to. They can sign up somebody for a mortgage and they can do some cross-selling into insurance. So that's an example. That's a great example. Yeah. How that might work. Yeah, I think that's such a, that, that point actually lead, leads itself into our fourth point, which is, that oftentimes you're pushing the innovation curve with access to expertise you don't have internally, right? And so it's not just accessing, you know, a new avenue of growth through an acquisition, but you're also bringing in talent and expertise that you normally wouldn't be able to maintain internally or have recruit internally through the, through the QSO. Yeah, you might not be able to afford that talent on your own, right? Back to the collaboration and the multi-owned QSOs, right? So multiple credit unions could maybe get a better talent pool spread across their um, multiple institutions in the QSO. But to your point, we're seeing a lot of this in the community now where, you know, there's a war on talent, right? In air quotes. And everybody's been talking about that since the, you know, COVID times, if you will. And now we rolled out of that. And now it's even more prevalent as people are, you know, been given opportunities to work in different environments, et cetera. So, you know, we have a concept called an aqua hire, right? So how can you, how can you get a group of individuals that know a lot about a particular innovation or technology set um, through setting up or establishing a partnership or a QSO or through investment, as you suggest, right? How do you access a lot of brain power in a short amount of time? And I think it's a great way uh, to do it through a QSO because um, you can do a lot of creative things with regards to retaining talent within a QSO. You can do a lot of things about um, teamwork and collaboration within a QSO where one particular small mid-sized credit union um, may not have the resources to be able to do things like that. Yeah. I think that's so interesting, especially when it comes to innovation. Like credit unions aren't normally where you would look to for innovation, right? We we tend to not have the same resources that a fintech would have, not have the same big resources that a big bank would have. And so a lot of times the credit union is pursuing good enough as opposed to sort of cutting edge or bleeding edge or whatever those things are. Um, sure. there, there's this interesting idea. So I was just at an event with uh, Diana Dykstra. Uh, who was talking about her advice to credit unions was to risk more and fail faster. And so this idea of leveraging QSOs to risk more and fail faster is such a, such a brilliant conversation. I feel like a lot of credit unions get stuck in this not invented here syndrome, right? And right. we talked about this a little bit. I, how, how do QSOs help accelerate that or jump over those hurdles? Or is it just another another form of that to some degree, right? A, a wholly owned QSO and I'm just going to kind of keep it all close to the chest. Yeah, well, I, I guess there's a, a lot of, um, I would say, walls that have been established, unfortunately, over time in the credit union community. I think they're starting to be broken down, jumped over, however you want to say right. it. But, um, you know, the worlds are converging and they're no longer a sheltered community, right? It used to be very, very sheltered when, you know, just 20 years ago in Clearly before that it was. So I think now you have the first influx was you had some community bankers that came in and, and started to do some things maybe a little differently in the credit union community. Um, so go through that transition. Um, the latest chapter is folks from the fintech community. In between there, you had private equity, private equity and venture capitalists acquiring vendors that are serving 
traditional credit unions. So it's no longer a sheltered market. Everybody's here and it's going to continue to be that way. Not to mention all the, you know, all the additional competitive pressures that are out there um, for the best deposits and the best, you know, members that, that credit unions are trying to hold on to. Um, so it, th there's definitely some challenges with regards to not in invented here, but I think some of those barriers are starting to be broken down. And to your point, CUSOs are a fabulous way and teaming with a fintech to form a CUSO is even a better way, mm -hmm. right? That um, you can get other minds on a particular challenge to find a better solution than what you have in-house, mm -hmm. right? For example, a lot of credit unions have, you know, not to bad, bad mouth the particular department, but I'll say the two big ones that we've seen over, the, over recent times are lending and IT, right? They've always done it this way, right? What's happened with lending? Right. What's happened with lending is automation, speed, utilizing technology to get faster decisioning, um, alternative methods of decisioning. So their world has been turned upside down and, and people are still trying to catch up the ones that are had pushed against it for so long. Um, so, you know, in, within the IT, you might have one or two or three, four folks, right, in the IT department that are trying to handle things like login problems, uploading new application software packages to all the, the desktops and laptops, trying to navigate through security and fraud, right? But they're not on the cutting or bleeding edge of things, right? right. They're just trying to keep up with the day-to-day -day management. When you start to build a CUSO and an, an ecosystem around fintechs and CUSOs working together to solve problems in the credit union space, you have a whole new set of people that are coming into those discussions that will know of different ways to solve a riddle. Right. We'll work together to figure it out and bring those ideas and prove, quite frankly, to the C-suite of the credit unions and or the board members that there are different ways to attack this problem other than what's been done here for a long, long time. Right. So, yeah, I, I agree with you, but I think the tide is turning and for the better. And there's a lot of great things going on as yeah. well. I run a marketing agency that focuses on credit unions. And it's, it's fascinating to me to hear a lot of times the reason that we're brought in is to provide external perspective, to have this breadth of yeah. experience that's not just kind of it's hard to see you know the water you're swimming in if you're inside the fishbowl we've all heard that analogy but to have that yep. external perspective is a really important and great way of bringing in innovation and growth by leveraging somebody like uh, an organization like a cuso um yep. let's let's detail some next steps for our listeners um we talked about how sometimes the investment for this is just investment, right? Sometimes people are looking just to invest in CUSOs for a rate of return. You had a great perspective on should you do that? Should you not do that? So, so tell me more a little bit about what that would look like. Yeah, I, I would say there's a new and growing interest in the credit union community to actually invest only for financial return reasons. Um, I think the, the next best thing there is to actually be a user of the product right. <laughs> that the CUSO is offering beyond just thinking that they're going to exit and sell off for a high multiple price, you know, three, five years from now. Um, but to actually be involved in the development, the product development cycle, being a pilot partner for some of these earlier stage CUSOs to um, provide them with context and learnings that, you know, the credit union can bring to some of those folks. Uh, we were involved in a situation with 
you know, a Philadelphia credit union, Arden, and a company, Renify, that did, um, you know, um, renovation lending, right? And that Arden was their first credit union partner. Um, so Renify knew a lot about the credit union community through research and through talking with people that know, know the space. But until they got into the lending department at Arden and understood from the CLO and everybody else, in that in that group what it's going to take to actually be successful to roll out and and bring this product to the marketplace and to the to the credit union members right they were they were a few chapters behind mm. they quickly got up to up the speed because arden was willing to invest more than dollars right. they were willing to invest time to make sure that there was a best in breed product out there that would help their members and also help the credit union community so um, yeah, uh, I, I love that perspective of knowing exactly why defining the why of why you're getting involved, right? Is this just for return? Cause I think there's, I mean, there are some funds that are associated with QSOs, correct? If you're just looking for a return, sure. go invest in, a, in a, one of those funds, uh, and yep. spread out your risk a little bit. You're probably not as disciplined on a, you know, private equity or an individual investor basis to do that on your own. And pick and choose through all the winners and the startups, right? Like, um, yeah. so, so that's an interesting perspective. If you are like, let's talk about defining our why. If it's not just for return, we've, we've talked about some of those other reasons, scale efficiency, pushing your innovation curve. Uh, how do, how do credit unions typically define this? Do they have a growth objective or a solving an internal problem objective? I'm assuming there's some mm -hmm. great ones that you had mentioned earlier, right? Some of the people, some QSOs that are doing it right, like, um, what are the easy ones to get involved in, whether it's lending or IT, like you mentioned? Yeah, so I guess it all starts with, as you said, the why, right? It's it's strategy first, because so many people are just kicking the tires and, you know, they hear about something at a conference or they're looking at, four, they, they think it's wonderful to look at the next 45 grand ideas of people that call them. Right. And, and we try to get them centered on what is the one thing you're trying to solve for. Right. To your point, what is we call it? What is the one reason we need to define and align on what that one reason is before you even start to run around and put human and, and dollars? You're only two resources you can allocate human time and dollars. Right. But until you define what you're after, how it's going to help your roadmap, what voids in your system at the credit union it's going to fulfill. Or, you know, are you really in it just for the returns because you want to be able to reinvest those returns into the membership and the community? That's that's OK. Um, but let's be open and honest and define it up front is the point, because otherwise all 45 of those look like the shiny object. They're all great. And what we try to do with our clients is define the criteria for attractiveness at the beginning. So, you know, what's the rationale? What's the reason? So we can parse out and turn away 43 of those and focus on the two that actually are close to what you're trying to accomplish swiftly. So you don't waste a lot of resources and time. There might be another day a year from now or eight months from now, you know, when it, when you have a new solution and a new problem or a new problem that you're ser searching for the solution that QSO or FinTechs or an investment strategy could, could solve for, but let's solve for one at one first. And then, oh, by the way, if you have enough to have two teams working on it, you can chase two things at once. But for now, let's make sure that you're getting the one that you want. There are, you know, 2,000 different logos you can chase. You want to get down to a manageable number that actually 
fit what the heck you're trying to accomplish. So the why is important up front. The alignment, like, you know, we'll be in a credit union boardroom tomorrow and the discussion will be around leadership and the board aligning around what that why is, right? They're already involved in multiple QSOs. That's that's not up for debate, right? It's more about, are they gonna double down and put more of their dollars into those that they already have? Or are they going to spread that risk out and start to look at other things? And if they are, what are they gonna be? Let's define them, not just, you know, throw logos at a dartboard, right? Right, so there's two elements to that, right? It's one is that income growth and where do you put dollars that drives the results that you're looking for. The other one is driving that innovation curve and how they're staying relevant to their members and providing better or more services or expanding their their perceived value to that membership base, right? So I think that's a fascinating, fascinating idea. If someone was very interested in attending a QSO event or getting involved in a QSO, obviously, you know, start with a conversation with John. That's a great place to talk to with Capstone. Happy but, to do that, yeah. <laughs> uh, th- I'm assuming there's uh, some QSO events that would be great for them to attend. What would those look like? Yeah, so the, the top two suggestions that I make to folks when asked that question is NACUSO, the um, National Association for QSOs, has an annual event. Um, so they, they have you know, among other things, great content across lots of different interesting areas around lending and fintechs and insurance and wealth management and all the hot areas in the QSO space. Um, in addition, they also have, um, you know, a, a challenge, if you will, for the next best idea that uh, is coming down the pike. So there are actually pitch presentations during their annual event, which is great. Just the collaboration and the networking is fabulous. So that's the first answer is NACUSO is a great resource um, in and out of the conference, but the conference is good. The second one that I would suggest is um, coming up in, in Texas called Venture Tech. Um, so we've been there since the onset, and I think this is going to be the fourth or fifth year um, that they're having that. And it's, again, a, a place where folks in the credit union community overlap and sync up with people in the venture and, and fintech community. And a lot of great QSOs will be in attendance. A lot of great QSOs will be formed as a result of those conversations. Um, so those are my top two, venture tech and the QSO. I love it. Well, thank you so much for your time, John. This has been a super uh, enlightening, (laughs) interesting conversation. I appreciate you sharing your expertise with us uh, and love the fact that your capstone is helping drive further growth uh, at Credit Union. So thanks for being a part of this. Well, thanks for the opportunity, Paul. Really enjoyed the conversation. We'll talk soon. Talk soon. Today's CU Strategy Podcast is brought to you by 454 Creative a digital marketing agency with extensive experience developing websites and marketing strategies for credit unions. 454 Creative is ready to help design your brand, define your strategy, and deliver your story to your community and grow your members. Visit 454creative.com slash CU today to learn more and get a free website review.